they came from across North America. They meet here each week in the basement of an abandoned comic book shop to talk comics, covering all the news and info you need to the latest reviews and even books to stay away from. Join your hosts, Infinite Speech, the comic book clergyman, and the Spider-Man geek, every week here on Tales from the Water. And welcome, everybody, to this week's Tales from the Water Cooler. We're back. We're back after a little hiatus. Episode number 240. With us this week, we have... Infinite Speech. Uh, and the comic book clergyman speech. <laughs> How you doing, man? I am doing very well. Ready to get into some comic stuff, TV shows, Absolutely. movie talk, books galore. Absolutely. Well, we've got a I'm, lot. I've been catching up. I've been immersed. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have a lot of ground to cover because we have missed, I think, a good three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Has, has it been that long? I think so. Uh, vacations and various illnesses and and family stuff. I had and, to. Re- I, I had to recover from watching Batman versus Superman as well. Did you uh, Did you see that? Yes, yes, I did. All right. Well, yeah. let's let's just start there since that's since we're there. Uh, I did not see it, so and I will <laughs> okay. not, and I probably will not. Right, see it, I remember so. you saying that that you had no plans on seeing it, and I admire you for sticking to your guns. So um, I your... ended up getting ended up getting some free pa- um, passes. Oh, so. now free passes! I could do free passes. Okay, know? okay, okay. So um, I may be in the minority here, but I didn't hate it thoroughly. Uh-huh. Um. I did not like Lex Luthor and Lois. Those were my two biggest gripes about the movie was Lois and Lex. Okay. Um, Lois was the consummate damsel in distress and it was annoying. And I just mm-hmm. always thought about, I'm like, even Margot Kidder had like chops. Yeah, you know, right. she she was a feisty Lois and she didn't care. I mean, she punched a Kryptonian. Yeah. <laughs> you know, almost broke her hand. But I mean, this one was just this was just boring and it was like a lot of stuff was thrown in Mm. that could have been spaced out more because you know usually you have the rhythm of a film with within 10 15 minutes of where it's going and everything right this one it took maybe about half an hour 40 minutes to finally settle in i think it was maybe an editing issue Mm. like i really think like the movie had the potential of course to be great but i think the stumbling blocks just editing wise and you know, people are pissed off because Batman was, you know, he ended a few lives and killed people. But I'm like, the scene where he outwardly uses a gun mm-hmm. was a dream sequence. Oh, well, there you go. And, and but, you know, people, Batman, no, he used a gun. He, no, it's holy. It was set up in 1939 and he won't kill people. And it's it's just it just causes huge this huge uproar. And I'm like. So we're okay with Batman branding, torturing, throwing people off buildings and everything. <laughs> but the minute 
he uses the Batmobile to kill a few guys. <laughs> it's right. it's all, um, you know, it's all horrible. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's just it wasn't like I said. I liked Henry as Superman. Oh wait, wait, it's happening. I'm one of those people who don't hate Man of Steel either. I will say, yeah, I hated Gal- that movie. Gal Gadot was great as Wonder Woman. Yeah, and whoever the costume designer was for the um, party scenes, the evening gowns. Oh my God, she killed it. Yeah, I was like, whoa. I would like, and, I would like to see it because of her, just because I would love to see a new live action take on Wonder Woman since we haven't yeah. had one in thirty five years. Um, so, uh, dang, it's been it's been that that long. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, Linda Carter was mid seventies. So oh that's, right? Yeah. So thirty. I'm thirty. I'm thirty-seven. So that, and I was born in seventy-eight. So, yeah, it's more than that. Almost forty years then. So, anyway, but I would like to see it for yeah. that for that reason. Yes. Yeah. The the type of Lex Luthor we got was just. A very young child who seemed to, he was just sporadic and kind of all over the mm-hmm. place. And I'm tired of them trying to throw like little Joker esque elements into villains. Right. You know, and I'm wondering why um, Luthor had to be so young because it was more, it wasn't, he was more annoying than anything. It wasn't anything like he was planning, thinking, you know, being very, very practical and knowing what he was going to do beforehand, everything just seemed kind of like seat of the pants. I'm just, you know, I'm manipulating Batman to do this and I'm going to position these people so one can take out the, the, the other. Even the xenophobia was not there as something palpable to enjoy in the film. Right. You know, and, um, you know, people are pissed off about, about Batman using guns. I'm pretty sure Superman threw a brother like through like four walls to save Lois after he threw the <laughs> apple because nobody complained about that. Right. You know, but it's just, you know, it's it's just became monotonous. Oh, save Lois. Lois is in danger. Let's save Lois. It was it was bad. It was it was bad. So, but so I will bottom say, line, should I see this movie? You should see this movie when it is on cable <laughs> or after it's in the bin at the reduced price level at Walmart. Okay. Okay. I honestly, I mean, I honestly would not have paid full price to go see it. If someone takes you to go see it, by all means, go enjoy the company and have fun. Um, There, there are certain elements of the film that are enjoyable and that weren't horrible. Like, a lot of the cinematography and a lot of the shots came straight from the comics and they were shot beautifully. Like it was just great. But when it came to, Oh, and I, I will praise Ben Affleck as Batman period. All those people who were like, you know, all doom and gloom, like, you know, the world was going to end because Ben Affleck was cast as Batman. Yeah. Just, just just shut up. Cause I mean, there's a training montage that was like it. W- it wasn't just he was doing like push-ups and running laps. This guy was like doing some serious NFL type oh UFC training. The type of training you would actually need to do to fight the fights that he does. Like he was pulling those huge tractor tires. 
wow. you know, just flipping those like he was. And I will say Jeremy Irons was a fantastic Alfred okay. that I wish would receive a lot more screen time. Right. Okay. A lot more screen time. But the guy did deserve more. So, mm-hmm. you know, but at this time in, in the film, he had been Batman, I think, Alfred had said, like, um, 20 years now. Uh-huh. So he's a little bit, you know, he's a little bit older, disgruntled. He's angry. Um, there were cam- um, cameos from the other four members of the Justice League that are getting movies, Cyborg, Flash, well, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman as well. Mm, okay. Jason Moa appeared on screen, and I think every woman in the theater, <gasps> like it was just, <laughs> it was all in, in unison, like right there. They all the oxygen in. left the room. Right. I was like, so if you had asthma during that scene, you, you, you <laughs> just stood out of luck. Right. It was just like, I'm like, really? All of you? Like, I looked around, like, every single woman, and, and you saw a couple guys with their women, like, oh, really? Really? <laughs> Aquaman, he does it for you? And I'm like, yeah. But, um, wow. you know, there was a, you know, we got the nice little cameos and whatnot. I'm, I'm still on board for some of the other films. Mm-hmm. This one was just for everything it could have been, it was not. Okay. And that's kind of what let me down. I mean, it's, it was right. just like, uh Okay. Well, let's st- sticking with movies. Um, let's see. There was a new Cat Three trailer. Which one? Or, which one was that? Yes. The Civil War. I think this was like TV spot number five, Civil War. One. Oh, I don't think I saw that. Was it? Was there anything different in it? I think the last um, trailer I saw was the Spider-Man one. Okay, then this is the one at, at, after that. Let me just say that it's just it just gets you more on board to see see the film. Um, Falcon. There's. A, now I don't know if it was edited this way or if this is how the scene plays out in the movie. But um, Falcon looks at Tony and asks him how 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 long is he going to play both sides? And I thought that was a real powerful moment because in in the one trailer when Tony says we have to be put in check, we have to be reeled in. I'm like, you are saying that shit in Avengers too, right? You know when when you and and Bruce just went all willy nilly and right. So uh, the one scene that really capped off, I think it was at the end where Cap is, he has his shield up and Black Panther like pulls it down. It looks like they're playing a really adult game of peekaboo. And it's just, it's just, it's just great. And I'm, uh, like I said before, I'm really pumped up for this film, just like I was for the second one. And I didn't know how good that one was going to be. So I'm hoping this one is going to be great, even with all these characters in it. Now, one thing I've also noticed that no one's talked about, like in a lot of the promo stuff, when it comes to like the toys and action figures, they're starting to release like giant man stuff. So I'm thinking, oh yeah, yeah, and I, and I'm like, Cap has Ant Man on his team, right? And we haven't seen him go big at all, right? So, and I'm like, why would they be putting out? giant man figures giant man toys in the scott lang version of the scott lang costume if we're not going to see that in the film so my fingers are crossed triple triple mm-hmm. time that we will see him get just huge in the film you know? you know you know it took me it took me years to realize that giant man and ant man like to make that connection i mean i knew they were the same character but i never quite put the 
put the actual uh, names together. Giant man. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so, all right. Well, um, yeah, I haven't seen. I'll have to go back and, and look at that too. Um, uh, and speaking of more Marvel movie news, uh, so Benedict Cumberbatch is full on Doctor Strange. Some new uh, set pics of him running through the street and hanging out with the guy who's playing Baron Mordo. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because uh, it will be a disser- it will be a disservice to all people everywhere for all time <laughs> if I try to. So, um, but he looks like an awesome Baron Mordo. I'll tell you that much. And uh, and Benedict looks perfect. Just absolutely. Yeah, I do perfect. like the costume. I do I mean, like it. I- they nailed that. I mean, they nailed the costume. I mean, who would have thought that they could have made Doctor Strange's costume look realistic from number one and and look awesome at the same time in 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 a live action movie. I'm just I'm kind of blown away by that. So um so that looks really good. Now I do hope kind of like the cape at some point is like CGI'd in because it it has this weird funky effect in the the comics kind of like it's alive kind of like Spawn Spawn's cape so you know I kind of hope they do they do that. Right, right, right. Yeah, so that's that's exciting. I, I'm I'm looking forward to that coming out. Um, sticking with the with the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, uh, did you watch uh, Daredevil season two? Yes, yes, I did. You watched the whole thing. Yes. Okay, good. Yes, I did. And we can talk about this. <laughs> finally, we I finally I could talk about this with with someone. So what 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 were your uh, what were your thoughts? It took me maybe about two or three ep- episodes to finally like get back into things uh-huh. but um i still enjoyed it so much so much and bernthal is the perfect punisher oh, he he absolutely is. a punisher that i like yeah he has that balance and i think his character works better serialized like you can actually uh-huh. you, you, he just doesn't come across as some angry guy who's just shooting people right you know yeah. he has great scenes and like it's just that scene with him and Karen in the diner yes and they were just sitting there talking that was one of the best I'm like damn the planet Frank is just deep <laughs> yeah I have to say uh, that to me he, him playing Punisher made the entire season much like uh, D'Onofrio kind of made the first season with as playing Kingpin yeah um, this was this was just fantastic. I mean, John Bernthal was just perfect. And, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just waiting for them to say, announce that they're going to do a Punisher series. Cause I would totally watch that if, if, if they can stick with this. I mean, I hope he doesn't get kind of just shoved into the background completely. Um, but I, I love that. Um, and in fact, I, I think, I think that was really the, the strongest thing. I mean, that I, I loved how they introduced him really quickly in the, in the first episode and like, the, the whole trial of the Punisher, all of that yeah. stuff was just, it was relevant, you know, like, um, I, I feel like the, the, the tension between the kind of the, the moral and ethical dilemma of, of his reasoning and, and I mean, just, and who's, you know, kind of, kind of that whole, you know, are you for this guy? Or are you not for this guy? I mean, it was, it was just, it was just perfect, perfectly done. Um, so I will say that that is the the good. Um, the bad, um, 
it was I have to say, I mean, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe I don't I, I thought everything with Electra was just horrible. I thought what? I thought, yeah, I thought I thought everything with the hand was I felt like it got shoehorned in. Like, I really wish that they had just focused on the Punisher story arc in this. And I felt like they were just trying to do a little too much. Um, and I thought that at some point, Electra's story would somehow fold into um, Frank's story. I, th- I thought somehow they were going to connect. And they never did. And I thought it was strange. And then the one thing that I thought could have been the, the thing that would have tied those two things together is if if Wilson Fisk had been revealed to be the guy who had ordered uh, that that Frank's family got killed because that's how it was in the comics, right? It was uh, Kingpin was the one who was behind uh, Punisher's uh, family's death, and then um, so the guy uh, Clancy Clancy Brown is that his name? The guy who played. I think so. um, I thought he kind of got introduced and it was, uh, you know, and I like him, but I just thought that that didn't quite fit um, and didn't resolve as well as I I wanted it to. And then the other thing to connect to, to Electra is, is, you know, we know that, that Wilson Fisk is, is in charge of the hand in, in, or, or at least he was, I don't know what the current status is in the comic books today, but I thought, I don't think so now. Yeah. But I thought that might've been a really good way to connect those two stories. And it would have given a little bit more D'Onofrio. And that was the other thing I I felt like was missing from the season was I re I loved the whole prison conversation. The whole thing with Frank and Wilson and uh, all of that was just phenomenal. Putting those two characters together that it was just it was amazing. So so I really felt like the end of the season just completely let just it just fell flat. Now, I'm not saying that like the hand stuff shouldn't be done I, because it's Daredevil, you know, but I feel like they didn't quite develop that as well as I think they could have. And I felt like the partly because I think they were doing too much with the Punisher and then with Electra um and and there was no real connection between those two things. So uh, so anyway, that's the only thing I would say. It was still it was still fun, you know, um, fun season. It, I don't think it was quite as good as the first season, but um, overall. But I do think that um, I mean I, I, I'm interested in seeing more um, more Netflix Marvel shows. So yeah, I definitely. can't wait. I love the teaser, the little teaser of Luke Cage. I can't <laughs> wait for that. I think that's going to be such a fantastic show. Well, I I disagree about the ele- electro stuff. It did um, it didn't go the way I thought it would. Uh-huh. But I, I felt that they they needed to keep those two characters separate, and the only connection that they had was Matt. What did annoy me was the whole Matt and Foggy breaking up yet again. Yeah, are they going to do that every every oh, season? Just, right. It just seems it just seems like. You know, Foggy either accepted or don't. And I think that was around the time I stopped reading it 
in comics. So, I mean, if anyone who is more versed in Daredevil than I am can attest to, like, was Foggy that annoyingly upset at Matt being Daredevil? Because I know for a while he did accept it and it was okay. Well, as okay as it can get. Well, but I do have and, to say, I do have to say, uh-huh. he, he was legitimate, he was legitimate in his, in his frustration because he did not want to take on the Punisher case. And right. Matt, Matt completely pulled him in and then left him completely high and dry. And so yeah. I, I thought that the conflict was appropriate and his reaction was appropriate, but it was kind of like, okay, we're going to do this again. He's going to get mad at Matt and Matt's going to... Yeah. Matt, and, and really, Matt doesn't do much. I mean, in terms of the lawyer stuff, like we never really see him do in, in the show. I mean, I really can't even think of I mean, much at all. He was in the courtroom more in the fort in the first season than yeah. he was in here, but he was messing around with, you know, running errands with Electra, which pulled him out of the courtroom. You know, he just can't say no and all that. But and another thing that that kind of well, no, it did annoy me. He was talking about running away with Electra. She died, and then all all of a sudden, I'm bearing my soul to Karen and showing her the Daredevil mask. I'm like, really, Matt? Really? Yeah. Really? Such a player. Such yeah, a player. Yeah, but um, I do say that the fight choreography is just as amazing here. Whoever does it for this needs to go yes. over to Arrow and help out those guys from Arrow. The entire <laughs> team needs that five combination kick, kick, punch, elbow, dodge, bow, bow twirl. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much paint by numbers over on Arrow. Right, right. So, I mean, I'm just like, uh, but anyway, yeah, Daredevil season two. Fantastic. Good, good, good. Well, before we move on to some more comic book uh, stuff, um, this past weekend was WrestleMania 32. And, uh, WrestleMania 32? You and I are both, are both uh, wrestling fans. And so so uh, I thought we could, we could just... But you didn't see all of it. So no. I, I don't want to spoil anything, but what, uh, of, what, of the stuff that you saw, what, what did you think or, you know... Of the stuff that I saw, um, I did like the ladder match, though I don't understand the Zack Ryder repeal. I yeah, never have. right. I neither. never have. I've, I've, I've never understood it. But people love the guy. I mean, I even saw that he has like a lot of merch, a lot of merch. Well, that you know, that's a that what that really is is that that is a complete and utter result of all the injuries that have happened in WWE. <laughs> like, I mean, that would not have happened. Well, I mean. So supposedly the 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 word is is that that uh, Neville was injured and Neville was was supposed to be that spot in in there. I don't know if Neville was supposed to win, but um, but they gave his spot to Zack Ryder and then they thought, oh well, this might make a good uh, little Cinderella story. So um, and I think that's that's what they did. But yeah, it was a little bit weird because there there wasn't even a lot of build up to. Yeah. To, to Zack Ryder like, oh, even being in it, yeah, which, it was, hey, it was a surprise. I was like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, Zack yeah. won, gotcha. Um, though I did love, I did love New Day coming out dressed as Saiyans. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Okay, and the fact that, um, oh my God, where I just, I, I just blanked, blanked out and forgot his name. Um, Xavier Woods. With, yeah, Xavier Woods is like a huge geek. Anyway, this, yes. this guy is at Dragon Con cosplaying like a madman. And he knows his stuff. When he played the Final Fantasy fanfare with that trumpet one night, I lost my shit. <laughs> but 
those guys came out of a giant box of bootios and <laughs> came down the ramp dressed as Saiyans. And I was like, this is this is just geek level one million right here. It's over yeah. nine thousand. It was it was just a really good <laughs> moment. And those guys make make it fun. They and do. they're really talented in the ring. I was upset that they lost. I did see Brock and Ambrose, and as much as they hyped up that, nothing really happened. Uh-huh. And I yeah. was like, yeah. And that's pretty much where I had to okay. leave off. Well, I won't I won't spoil anything for you, but stuff. I will I will say this. I will say this that um of all the matches, that, that, and I'm not counting the pre-show, the, the kickoff show matches, but of the main show, I only predicted the results of two of the matches. I was wrong oh. on everything else. <laughs> and, and that goes to show you, one, um, I mean, there's some good in that. And there's some, I mean, unpredictability is a good thing most of the time. But the, but the two matches that, that I predicted correctly which i won't tell you but um are, are are were were two of the most predictable matches like you're like of course you know that's what they're gonna do um and i was a little surprised that they actually ended up kind of going through with some of the things that they did my biggest disappointment in the whole thing looking at the whole thing and this i don't think this spoils any of the matches that you didn't see but um there's a there was just a real I feel like there was a real lack of or, or th- there was a real lack of putting over new talent. Um, uh, okay, yeah. That I that everything that. was um, everybody like um, so you so you saw the new day match and you saw the the legends that came out afterwards, right? You saw right, HBK right. and Stone Cold and Mick Foley, and like I felt like that was an opportunity for them to kind of put over the new day, um, or, you know. And and they didn't like they completely squashed them. And then um, there's another instance later in the show that I won't spoil where they do that again. And um, and then even like Jericho beating AJ Styles, like why? I mean, what what was the purpose yeah. of that? Um, and I yes. just yeah. I just felt like there was a lot of that. And and to me that you know now I will also say um, despite all of that. Um, and, and so I really, I did not like this WrestleMania. It was not, it was not good. It, it was not good. Um, the best thing, um, I will say was the, was the women's match, which was, which was phenomenal. That was the match what? of the night. That was the match of the night for me. The, um, the triple threat match between Charlotte, uh, Sasha Banks and, and, uh, Becky Lynch. That was the match of the night for me. Um, and, uh, and and what they're doing with the whole women's uh, new women's title belt and all that stuff—that's really great. So I, I thought that was the, probably the strongest thing of the whole of the whole night. Um, but um, but yeah, overall the show was was kind of a disaster. And then, um, but I will say this: uh, the Raw after WrestleMania uh, was better than the actual Mania. Was, was amazingly better. Then and that typically that sometimes happens, um, so anyway, so I will say you know think some good things happen, not all good things, but some good things, <laughs> some good things happen. So I'll I'll leave all it right. at that. I'll leave it at that. So all right, let's let's move on to some uh, some comic book news. It looks like you have some. There's some new uh, some new series coming out. All right, yeah, just real quick, it was announced that um, Faith is getting in on going series starting this summer um, from Valiant. Her mini-series sold out 
five times. Wow. Um, it, it went into fifth printing, I think it was maybe a week, a week or two ago. And um, the book has been just flying off the shelves, left and right. It's been getting a lot of praise. Um, Jody, ha- Jody Hauser, you know, de- deserves a lot of credit. Um, Marguerite Swavage, is it Savage or Swavage? I, I don't want to mispronounce it, but I probably am. Yeah. Um, you know, or on part of the uh, creative team. And I, I think it's July is when the ongoing starts. So, and I think it's, um, I think it's a very, very good and very smart move for mm-hmm. Faith to have her ongoing. Because um, one of the big issues is the fact of um, the, body, um, the body image that Faith has. You know, it's not your standard one. And, you know, it kind of sucks that in this day and age, you know, that's part of the selling factors that she she's not this super slim heroine in a skin tight outfit um, running around, you know, saving people. She's a full figured woman, but she's been she's been one of the favorites from the Harbinger title since the beginning, even back in the um, 90s. So, you know, for Diane to give her this push is a smart move and it's great and the creative team behind it has been kicking ass lately nice. so hopefully it continues during the summer um also your buddy ninja k or ninja k, ninja k. <laughs> since you were right about it and i was wrong um <laughs> he is now this act actually starts tomorrow which is new comic book day but um he has a whole new arc coming out and i don't know do you remember roku who we met in the first issue i think we reviewed that that one. Oh yeah that was a long time ago but yeah yeah she um she's coming oh, back yeah yeah, to, yeah 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 I, I, yeah I, the really cool assassin <laughs> well she's coming back he has a new arc started um he's pretty much gonna get um she's laying seeds to everything it's kind of a revenge type plot um and from what it looks there that one looks awesome and I'm really excited to see more of Roku anyway, because she's one of the most interesting villains I've seen in a while. And I, I like my ninja type villains, you know, be able to kick ass and bring something different. And that's pretty much exactly what she does. So, yeah, that starts tomorrow. And again, Ninjak is from, um, is from Valiant. So I would definitely be picking that one up. Very um, nice. Let me see. What's the other news besides our ninja friends here? Uh, let's see. Think Tank. Ah, uh, yes. Think Tank is back. Um, that also comes out tomorrow as well. Um, still, Rashawn Eggdale and Matt Hawkins are back. I have read the first issue already. And? And, let's, and I am woohoo, happy as hell that it's back. It's also in color. Um, though I don't have, yeah, I don't have a problem with it being in black and white because, like I said, Eggdale is such a great, and I hope I'm saying his last name right, but his art is just so great, whether in, in black and white or color, it's still a great series. But this issue here is just as good, just as scary, and I heard that Matt Hawkins has received death threats over this. Oh my goodness. So, is, yeah, it, um, yeah. is it pretty new reader-friendly Yes. Okay. Yes. Because I only read the first yeah. issue a long time ago, and it it wasn't really my thing. And and actually, one of the things I remember about that that I didn't quite like is I kind kind of kept thinking this would be so much better if it was in color. Um, oh, okay. And, uh, so, so I you know yeah I might check that out because I, I 
you know, if if it's if you if if it's pretty accessible. Yes, it is. Okay. There's a there's a great recap um, that gives you you know it hits the bullet points perfectly. Um, so and the recap actually to be like authentic starts off in black and white. Okay. You know, but that's, you get that's cool. You know, that's a good way to do that. Yeah. Get, you get the bullet points of what you need to know. And once again, um, you know, if you've ever been interested in our defense system and just everything that happens or can happen, it kind of makes you think, damn, are we safe? Period. I mean, but, you know, it just it's it's also still that that fine balance of that little bit of like twisted humor in there, that dark humor in the book. But it looks like it's going someplace very well. And um, like I said, think tank. Awesome. So very cool. Um, well, moving on to some DC news. Um, let's talk first about Batman 50. Um, what'd you think of that? I was, I laughed. I chuckled. (laughs) Mm, I don't think it was supposed to be funny, but. Well, there's a part in there where, um, where I think it's, uh, I think it's Jim reflecting on how bad of an idea it was for him to be Batman. And I'm like, (laughs) Is yeah. that Scott Snyder echoing? Are we being meta here? Yes. And, you know, but I, just, I mean, I do think it was a bad idea for it to be Jim Gordon in the way that it happened, because I'm, I'm telling you, you take the trench coat out, you give him some some CrossFit classes, you shave off the mustache. All of a sudden, he's this fit toned guy who over like 100 years of smoking has no stamina problems. Right. You know, so I'm like, uh, but I mean, for you know, Bruce coming back and now every injury he's ever had is healed. Um, you know, he's pretty much, it's like his, his body is back to like, it's the first day on the job. You know, Scott Snyder was pretty specific on pointing that out. So now, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, you know, if anybody complains in 10, 15 years, Batman's been doing this. You can always go back to Batman 50. Well, mm-hmm. Scott Snyder rejuvenated him back to day, day one status. So right. you know, that's great. I, I know some people don't like Bloom as a villain. Right. But I kind of like the creepiness of it all. He's still a creepy villain. He's got that unassuming, mm-hmm. you know, that, that real thin, frail, scary horror, you know, body type. And I think with if he ever comes back under the right writer, mm-hmm. maybe a writer that's geared more towards horror and yeah. thriller, he can be a very, very scary guy. But, um, you know, and I also like the fact that we have Duke being set up on, you know, on a certain path. I, I wish they would do that more with him and we are Robin. But I like the, the fact that Duke is getting it's like Duke is getting prepped for something big. And, ho- and hopefully we'll see, see that when rebirth happens. Mm-hmm. I uh, I'm I'm I was really glad that this is is fitting. It's it's finishing. There's one more issue of. Snyder and Capullo, and and I'm gonna. Oh, I thought th- this was it. No, they've got one more. Yeah, for some reason it's they they're they're doing 51. I don't know why, but um, so I'm kind of glad that that's that that's coming to an end because I, I think I just need a break from Batman, um, and and I just I'm not I, I wasn't I didn't I did not like Jim Gordon as Batman, and and honestly I don't really like this. I didn't I, I don't really like the new suit. Um, I, there's something about it that just doesn't do it for me, and 
Um, I mean, what, whereas, you know, this was the only DC title I've, I've really read throughout the entire New 52. Um, and I, I loved, I loved the, the stuff that Snyder did with the Joker. I just thought every, everything, uh, both of the stories that he focused on the Joker, I thought that was really, really fantastic. But, but, um, Bloom didn't connect with me. There, I think partly because there was nothing, um, I couldn't quite connect with his motivations. I didn't understand him as a, as a, as a character. I didn't really, I didn't really understand his whole deal. Um, and, uh, it just, it just, I don't know. There was, there's something I like about Batman's rogues and that's that usually they have a, they may have a fantastic or crazy kind of, uh, personality or way of looking at things, but they, it's It's always grounded in something solid and I couldn't quite find what the solid thing was that 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 uh Bloom represented. So um and gotcha. once again it was and once again it was it felt like okay now you know you know the Riddler you know uh, attacked Gotham in zero year and then the Joker you know uh gassed the whole city and turned everybody into jokers and then now Bloom is just taking over it's like every Every thing is like it, it, Gotham felt really vulnerable in this whole entire arc, um, and I and, and I, I while I do think that you know Gotham needs to have a protector like Batman, to me Gotham has always kind of felt like a city that could hold its own. You know what I mean? And 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 now, but it was under siege every every arc. It felt like, and I, I just. Um, oh, I didn't really like, like that. Like I said a while back, I said DC is treating Gotham like the black guy in the horror film. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And it's just like, can we? Everything doesn't have to be this super huge scale of yeah destruction for Bat, um, Batman. I mean, some of the smaller stories are some of the better sto- stories, exactly. and it's just these huge scale stories we get. And I think it comes. It also ties in, you know, the event fatigue. These may not yes. be titled as events but when you have these huge arcs that encompass all of gotham and everything bad happening it just feels like that you know and it's 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 just i want to get back to you know kind of like those little micro stories maybe you know Mm -hmm. one or two um, issues doesn't have to be 13 or or, or yeah absolutely absolutely and smaller you know like what what would it be like to just have batman solve a crime yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like I would love to see worked, that again. You know, it worked before. Yeah. You know, and it it worked under the hand of very great, capable, creative Absolutely. teams. Absolutely. So I'm just like, uh, so we'll see. I mean, I, I'm so so that leads us into rebirth. Um, yeah. I mean, what's what's your take on rebirth? I mean, I've looked at, I've kind of looked at the who the creative teams are and. Uh, there's nothing really here that's really getting me excited at all. None, none of the really. No, I mean, nothing. I mean, even when they when they announced the new Fifty Two, at least when they announced Snyder and Capullo on this, I was like, oh man, like that's a great team. Like I'm gonna, yeah, I'm totally in for that. But this, um, there were no teams that was just like, oh my gosh, yes, I, I have to read that. Like there was a lot of things I was just like, yeah. So I, I feel kind of bad that I, I don't know. I mean, I hope I'm wrong um, because I'd love to see DC kind of make a, a a real resurrection and come back and do something awesome. But I'm, I'm I don't have much hope for this. Well, 
And, you know, I really feel sorry for those people who, you know, really hope DC fails because that won't be a good a good thing for comics. No, 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 no. I don't want, I don't want you know, that either. No, no, no. I just, you know, online, you know, because yes. I did watch the presentation. I watched the, the um, panel at, uh, I think it was WonderCon. Um, we had it up at ComicAttack.net as well. And I'm watching it, and I was comparing how this was presented as to how the new 52 was presented. Because the new 52 was presented one way, and we got something else entirely. And it was presented in a way to where it was gonna it was gonna be a change for that would be more welcoming to more female readers and more readers of color. And then six to eight months down the line, we find out that was bullshit. Right. Titles with female leads were canceled, and then we pretty much just get back to the the the, the mainstay with Justice League, Batman, The Flash, and pretty much everything. And then. You know, Cyborg gets his own title. Well, we know he's only getting his own title because there's a movie coming out and he's going to be integral in the, ju- in the ju- Justice League plot. But um, when I was watching Rebirth, I was watching carefully how, you know, some of the titles were laid out. And though I'm not really excited about a lot that just makes me want to just run out, I was happy to see that John Boy is going to be the artist on Teen Titans. And oh, yeah. Okay. I was, and, um, I'm going to also check out Blue Beetle. I'm going to check out any title that they have that has a person of color that's the lead. And right. maybe, and I'm liking the Dark Side more in Justice League. And I know you haven't been reading it, but it's been better than Batman. Okay. And this whole, because I think it started right after Convergence ended. And I will tell you that we could have done without that. Dark Side War has been awesome, and I know um, they did make the announcement that they're going to rebuild the Joker's name and all that, which is a, qu- a question. Uh-huh. Batman, at the Mobius chair, he asked, um, he was testing it out, um, like, you know, who shot my parents, and the chair told him. And then he says, what's the Joker's name? And the chair pings, and he says, no, it can't be that. And then we get nothing, and that I think that was Justice League number 47 or 48, I don't know. No, I think that's when the answer's coming, but um, it was at the beginning of the Dark Side War, so I'm interested in that, but I'm on, I'm on the fence because I remember what happened to Wolverine when we found out his back backstory. He got a lot less interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not looking forward so, to knowing the Joker's real name. I'm interested in the um, the Asian su- um, Superman. Um, it's written by Gene, um, I think it's Yang, and this guy has been He's one. Of, he's the writer that's been knocking out the um, Avatar series for um, Dark Horse. Okay. Uh, he has a book called American Born on Chinese. It's really great as as well. But um, I'm looking forward to that. But I'm just I just didn't see anything else that just made me do backflips. And mm-hmm. and this may not even be the complete lineup. I know you know they're going to show a lot and they're going to hold some stuff for later on, you know, to get fans, you know, excited, but they have books that are going to be shipping twice a month. And that's the thing that's got me worried. It's, it's like, okay, what teams are you going to have on there? Are you going to like be bringing in fill in artists all the time, you know, fill in writers on certain arcs, you know, are we going right. to have any consistency in comics anymore? Yeah. So, you know, I, like I said, I'm not doing backflips over rebirth, but, I am interested, and I really, you know, I hope it does well. I really do, because we don't need, DC does not need another failure like New 52. No, that's right. 
You're right. All right. Well, um, I think that covers – that was a lot of news. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> we, covered, we covered a lot of ground. So, um, all right, well, let's go ahead and jump into this week's picks. Di- or jump, jump in or let's, di- let's <laughs> dive into this week's picks. How about that? Sploosh, indeed. Up first is my pick. I picked all-new X-Men number seven. In the wake of terrible acts committed by the adult Cyclops, mutant kind is hated and feared more than ever, and try as he might to divorce himself from his predecessor's legacy, some believe that the young Scott Summers is destined to grow up and commit those sins. Now there's one mutant who believes that he can he can spare mutant kind if he prevents Scott from becoming that man. Will the young Cyclops' story end here? Written by Dennis Hopeless, art by Mark Bagley. Um, so people people will see if you, if you're a long time listener to the Water Cooler, you will know that uh, that that I'm an X Men fan and have been for a long time, and and Speech is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan and has been for a long time. And so this is this 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 uh, episode is really a return to form. Um, but I, I'll be really honest. Um, I only had three books this past week. It was such a super light week. So, um, but, uh, but I want to start with, um, a a place where I don't usually start. And that is, um, the cover. Um, I thought what a great cover this was by, um, by Mark Bagley, um, with, uh, with Cyclops being dragged into the darkness by this long disgusting tongue, which is a clue to who this, uh, the, the villain is in this story. Uh, Jean Grey, which is absolutely <laughs> Jean Grey, or it could be Venom, I guess, but um, but it's actually Toad, um, and uh, and you know Toad has not been scary in ever probably, but um, you know last time we saw Toad regularly was in the Wolverine and the X Men series where he was the janitor for the school school, and uh, and after that we haven't really seen him much, and so um, so he he made his return last issue. Uh, and kidnapped uh, Scott, uh, kind of just ran him over with a car and then kidnapped him, uh, which was kind of cool. And um, this, this story... This... I just read the last issue, and when I heard it, I'm like, wow, he just... But the way you just described it, he just really... Just it really happened just like that, yeah. Wow, okay. So um, so this story, uh, you know, starts off with the, with the X-Men trying to figure out where Scott is, and um, and I thought they did a really good job of of kind of bringing you up to speed on Toad via this um, YouTube uh, series or uvideo.com as it is in the Marvel Universe um, yeah. that kind of uh, kind of shows his progress from since he left the school as the janitor and the whole thing with he was in love with Paige Guthrie and all that stuff and then how basically he's become this alcoholic and and uh, you know, just really has decided that that he needs to figure out, you know, how to make things right in the mutant uh, universe, and so uh, and and for him, that kind of centers on Scott Summers, and we still don't know what happened to Adult Scott, uh, and there's right. a little bit, there's a little bit of, um, you know, you know, there's a little bit of hints, uh, you know, not really a hint, but there's really, you know, some. It's, that's brought up, you know, that something's happened to him. But anyway, 
Uh, Toad squarely believes that everything is Scott Summers' fault, and so if he just kidnaps the young Scott and kills him, then uh, that will make everything right. So he's got him now in these in this uh, uh, tied down to these in these catacombs, and and uh, and Toad is drinking pretty heavily here, and Scott can't get, can't quite get away, um, and uh, and so. <laughs> <laughs> Toad just thunks him in the face with a with a whiskey bottle, which I thought was hilarious. Um, I don't know why, but, but probably because the way that Bagley drew it, like it it just thunks him in the head. It doesn't it doesn't break like usually when somebody bashes takes somebody, you back to those days before you became Father Jeff. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> and eventually he does. He beats him until it does break. But I thought that was a really nice way to to do that. And so uh, anyway. Um, and so Toad is kind of struggling with whether or not he should kill Scott. And, um, anyway, he knocks off his visor. Um, and then because of that, his, the, uh, the uh, Scott's, uh, optic blasts, uh, shoots the, the ceiling, which causes this major cave in. And, um, and there was a, you know, you know, there's a horrible shot of, of Scott's leg that's broken and it's like in half oh, and yeah. it is nasty and his he's all beat up and and I just thought you know we haven't seen a really we haven't seen an X man kind of it, get this beat down like this in in a really long time and like I thought I thought um, it, you know so so he can't find his visor so he's he's walking he's crawling around his leg is broken he's crawling around blinded and uh uh, and so I, th- I thought it was just a really good way to show this this really horrible situation that he's in, and not even his mutant powers can really help him in this situation. And I thought that was a great way to that was just a that's that's a that's a predicament we haven't really seen Scott in, like usually or really any of these characters. Usually they're always they're always in a what place where they're they can use their powers to get out of whatever and. Um, I just thought that was a really, really well done thing. And there's this great scene where he's crawling through like this tunnel and he's trying to figure it out and he gets to the end of the tunnel and it's just blocked. And so, uh, Toad decides, um, he has, uh, he's going to, uh, pour some kerosene into this little tunnel and basically he's just going to burn Cyclops. I mean, I, it, I just thought it was, it was pretty hardcore. Um, and, and once again, another, it's just another, thing that kind of, you know, uh, put Scott in this situation where he, I mean, he can't use his powers to, to, to get out of this. And so, um, um, although he, by the end of the issue, he kind of creates this huge, uh, collapse of, of the street and all this stuff. And, and so we don't really know what happens to, uh, to Scott Cyclops. There's a bit of a cliffhanger, um, at the end and, uh, and, uh, and Toad is, crazy and i mean this is i just thought this is a really great depiction of of all these characters in ways that we haven't really seen before and then to top it off it's it's uh it's got mark bagley art and um and i just i, I love mark bagley um i will say the um andrew hennessy's inks are really really on point um he he is doing he's doing mark bagley really good uh here the only thing i will say there's one there's one panel that just felt a little bit off um and there's a there's a uh it's like the third or fourth 
page and uh, Cyclops' head is tied down. And a lot of artists have this issue. For some reason, when they're drawing Cyclops' visor, it's almost like it's too high on his face. Like it's at his forehead, right? Yeah, and yeah. And, it, and there was one panel where that where that happened here, which I thought, you know, if he just scooted that down just a little bit, it would just it would look <laughs> yeah. more. It would just look better. Um, I'm looking at that page right now, and, I, and that's the first thing I thought too. Yeah, and and so that that was, um, you know, so anyway, so I just I thought this was a really strong issue, and and uh, all around, I thought it was a lot of fun. So. Um, and it's you know it's it's nice to see something new in an X Men comic book. So. Yeah, definitely. Now um, you picked this, and I was nervous because yeah, yeah, the X titles haven't been all that great in a yeah. while. Um, I do think right now they're getting okay um, with the apocalypse storyline starting in the other the other issues and whatnot. And this one here. This is actually, honestly, despite me liking the creative team here, this is one of my least favorite issue um, books because of the team. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of these guys still being stuck here, though I like Kid Apocalypse. I, you know, I like Edie. You know, she's one of my favorites and has been for, for a while. Um, and I even like Pickles. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, but. You know, it's it's hopeless, and Bagley's one of the, those guys, art-wise, he's like Alan Davis. It's like everything yes. he draws is going to be fun. It's it's going to look good. You know, it's it's just great. Like you said, Hennessy's inks were great. Um, as far as the story goes, like I said, I do find it funny that Toad just hit him with a car. But, you know, easily, sometimes the most simplest methods work the best. You just hit the hero with the car, drag his ass away, and you're good. <laughs> And but I mean, if for those readers who didn't know, you know, what Toad had been going through b- beforehand, you know, you know, Hopeless just knocks it out here, you know, gives you the bullet points again with the new video. And we get to see the as Toad just spirals down, down, down. And, you know, he ends up in the sewer and he has pretty much I like the um, it's not his old costume per se, but, it, you know, it still has hints of that classic Toad look. And I, and I like how the kids were like, really, like, really, this is Toad that we're we're talking about here. He's actually dangerous now. You know, they're like, well, we thought that about the blob, too. And I think it was Iceman trying trying to make sense of the fact that Toad had gotten the, the best of them now. But um, and his thinking is pretty much straight on board. I mean, he even quotes Terminator. You know, there is no fate but what we, we make here. You know, I would think that, too. You know, he feels that if he kills Scott, young Scott now, that old Scott won't grow up and do whatever heinous thing that he did that we still don't know about. Damn it. Right. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like we still don't know what Nick Fury whispered in, in, into Thor, Thor's ear to make him unworthy. We oh, don't know right. what Scott yeah. did. But I mean, and that those pan, um, panels where Toad is beating him is just brutal. And I like the fact that we only see what happened afterwards. You know, you know, Bagley, Bagley lets your imagination do, do the rest because that is a thick ass Jack Daniels esque bottle here. Right. So, I mean, just, you know, overall, it was the issue was a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. So I'm giving you props for not picking a crap issue. Well, there you so go. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you. And like I said, it looked good, read good, and I want to know how it ends. So now I'm going to have to get issue eight. So you know, <laughs> you, 
can guarantee that I'm at least picking up the next issue here. Absolutely. So, there you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and rate it. I'll give all new X Men number seven. I'll give it a, an eight. All right. I give it a solid seven. All right. Moving on to your pick. What'd you pick? I picked Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Deviations One Shot. All right. Find out what happens in a world where the Shredder leads the Turtles. A twist on the classic City Fall storyline written by Tom Walt, art by Zach Howard. That's it. That's, that's all it is? That's all there is. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Marvel all right. solicitation writers are paid by the word. <laughs> I guess. IDW, not so much. Got you. All right, so what we have with what IDW did with the, the deviations is they're they're like Marvel's old what ifs or DC's Elseworlds titles. You know, they they take a story that's been told and they spin it on its ass. And with Cityfall, Shredder, this is when like Casey was gutted by Shredder. Um, the foot was kicking ass all over the place. Um, Leonardo ended up being brainwashed and. Um, by Kitsune, and he was transferred over and became um, basically the Foot's number one ninja, um, demoting Karai, and she was pretty upset about it, and all this prompted her to go make um, Bebop and Rocksteady and all that. So with this deviation, they pretty much, Tom Waltz pretty much takes a bad situation for the Turtles and makes it a hundred times worse. Um, It's not just Leonardo, all four Turtles, are now working with Shredder. Um, they've been effectively brainwashed by Kitsune, and Casey never recovered from his injuries, so Shredder ends up killing him. And as the issue opens up, I was like, damn, it's the, it, it, it opens up with a chase scene, and the turtles are chasing Splinter, um, at the rec- and Old Hod is like leading him to him, and it kind of shows like in flashback scenes where Leo was beating the crap out of Hob, and you know, Hob agreed. And there's this one scene where the turtles are like hunting Splinter, and they have him trapped in the alley, and they're like creeping down the side of a bit of a um, building. And it looks kind of reminiscent of those early Eastman and Laird books, where the turtles were really, really gritty. Everything was in shadow, and it was thick. And you know, that that was just fantastic artwork there. Um, and as the story goes on. Like I said, things just get progressively worse. Splinter gets captured, and you see he doesn't want to fight his sons. Like even the fight sequence where he's trying to get away from them, he's um, using a lot of parries and blocks, you know, to avoid. But there's this um, there's this shot where you, where the eyes it just looks like he's about to cry while he's fighting his sons. And I, I I think in one he even does like shed a tear, but he ends up being taken to Shredder, um, Alapex, and Karai want to make a move and we see that some of this it seems like splinter was planning ahead though he didn't um think about the the well i guess aid or assistance from casey's dad who's in a bar getting drunk and he knows who killed his son and you know if you've been reading the series you kind of know what kind of father hun has been and it was kind of nice in its own perverted way that hun took up casey's fight and went to basically kills Shredder in this um, mm-hmm. in this series here. But it does seem seem like Splinter was ahead because there was some aid that he 
receives that Shredder didn't see coming. And it all comes to like this really huge battle. Um, and there's also a fight on the astral plane, which um, there was another artist here. Ah, my gosh. Um, I'm forgetting who did the, those scenes. But, um, you know, at this point, the fight is just things are just going bad. And the, the issue does not end bad. I mean, in well for anyone. And that's another strong point of these stories. You know, they're able to do things that they probably couldn't do in the main in the main title. But it's always nice to have that kind of free reign in titles. In, in when you do a, a, a what if type story, though, unlike Marvel, they're not going to go back and farm the story for Ken later. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, art wise and just story wise, I thought it was great. Um, ah, it's really annoying me that I could not remember the artist who did the, uh, the dream sequence pages. Huh. The dream, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, well, not dream sequence, but the, um, the fights on the actual planes. So, I mean, if you read City Fall, and even if you didn't, because City Fall was like a five, six part art that led into, um, the big 50th issue. So if, even if you didn't, Tom Watts gives you a very brief to the point recap. So whether or not you read it, you really don't need to go back and get issues 45 through 50, though you you just probably might. Corey um, Smith is who you're talking about. Uh, yes, yes, Corey Smith. And Rhonda Patterson on um, Colors, who's been doing a phenomenal job forever on this series. So, you know, she's she's been knocking it out no matter what artist they put on this title. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This issue was, it was great, it was dark, it was, like I said, very reminiscent of those old school turtle books where things didn't go great. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, Jeff? Um, yeah, I mean, I did not read all of City Fall, but um, I kind of knew the basic gist, but even, I mean, you don't really need to know. I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's, it is kind of like those old school what if um, uh, comics, you know, I remember reading a comic an old what if that was like, what if Wolverine met Conan the Barbarian? And it, and the, it, it takes place during the Dark Phoenix Saga. And I, I actually read that before I read the Dark Phoenix Saga. So I was always like, Damn. yeah, this is really weird. And, um, <laughs> and then later when I actually read the Dark Phoenix Saga, I was like, oh, okay, that's where that weird what if thing took place. But anyway, um, but... You know, the great thing about those kind of things, you don't really need to know. You just need, to, I mean, it's, it's a one shot. It's just a, it's a one and done kind of story and it's, and it's, it's really done well. Um, I mean, the whole gist is what if, what if the turtles were evil and were, and, and were brainwashed against Splinter? And that's, um, uh, that is no, not good news for Splinter. Um, and so he, uh, he's just, you know, not only is he getting beat up by the turtles, but I mean, these are his sons. And so like, he doesn't want to fight them and there's so much conflict and he's, he's, you know, it's, it's awful, but he does, he, you know, he is splinter. And so he does have something up his sleeve and, and, uh, there's some, uh, you know, some, some cool things. I have to say that the character, the, the design of the turtles in their, in their foot clan costumes, that's a great, that's a good looking design. Um, yeah, I think those were by Mateus Santolupo. Yeah, because um, that's what that's what uh, Leonardo was dressed as, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I just think that was that's a sweet looking thing. Um, and uh, 
So yeah, so I mean, you know, this is this is just a lot of great action fighting. You know, some really cool stuff that happened on the on the astral plane, and and uh, and you know, and there is a you know a bit of a bittersweet ending to this, um, but I thought it was appropriate for this kind of story. And uh, I mean, that that last that very last um, scene or that the last page, I, I guess you know where. It's really just yeah. the, the turtles and everybody else around them is is dead. It's just like wow. Yeah. Um, like when Han came in and did what he did, I was like, wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He was so, pissed. Yeah. So um, so that was kind of crazy, but um, but I have to say, um, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm pretty critical oftentimes of of artists on the turtles that are not uh, Santa Luco. Or um, Campbell, Campbell, and uh, and uh, I have to say, like this was Zach Howard nailed this um, because it's a it's an even darker story. His his level of um, his level of of kind of detail is just really it's just really good. It's really gritty. It's it's you know um, old Hob. Um, at the beginning, it's just, Ooh, he, he looks yeah. rough. <laughs> um, really, really rough. And so, um, uh, so anyway, so I, I, I thought the art was really, really good. And yet yeah, like, and you know, this was a great, this really was just a great, uh, one, one shot story. So, um, so I, I, I enjoyed it. I go ahead and read it. Yeah, go for it. All right, I give uh, TMNT deviations. Uh, I give it an eight, solid big old I will eight. Get, I will do the revert. I'll do what you did, and I will give this a seven. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> very nice. Um, all right, well let's uh, let's talk about some backup picks real quickly. Um, let's see, what did I read <laughs> of the two books? Uh, I, the only, I only had two other books, and I guess. I guess they're both backups. I mean, there was nothing that was like, ugh, this is really awful. But um, uh, I did read Captain America Sam Wilson number seven, which is a Avengers standoff tie-in. Um, I've really been liking the standoff stuff, and some of the tie-ins are hit or miss, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but this one was, of course, was a big. This was a big issue because it was the seventy fifth anniversary Captain America issue, and. Um, uh, and something very big happens. I think pretty much everybody knows that uh, that um, the 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 Deus Ex Machina in this whole story, which is this uh, this the cosmic cube in human form, which is this little girl, she ends up kind of rebooting uh, Steve Rogers from his older uh, self to a young to his younger self again. So we get so we now have young Steve Rogers again, uh, which is great we all knew that was going to happen eventually but um uh but yeah um you know and daniel acuna's art in it was was uh, he's not usually my favorite but but it was it was it was pretty good um and there were some other great backup uh stuff in in this one uh joss whedon uh and john cassidy uh mini little little short story uh which was which was really well done um at a tim sale uh, that was that was not too bad, and um, so there was there was some good there were some good things in that um, uh, that I would certainly recommend. And then um, the only other book that I read was Saga number thirty five, 
and uh, you know, just more it's, things are happening saga. there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I'm getting to the point with Saga. I might need to. Um, I, I need to. I need to go back and read it all in a collected form because I'm. Um, I, I'm forgetting things that happen month by month, so um, I need to go back and and kind of reread everything because because it's some things are not quite uh connecting for me so gotcha it's been, yeah. it's been a while it's been a while so um so yeah so that's it that's it all right um now i don't know the cap thing i like the twist on who was helping him because i did not see that one coming at all wait who was helping him who was helping um who was helping get them through the city uh, I can't even remember that. Remember, Maria was... Oh, oh, yes, the priest. Yeah. The priest. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that part. Yeah, that guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I, mean, I was like, wow, wow. Did, totally did not see that one coming at all. So, um, you know, that was cool. I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on that issue. I can't even say if it's a stay away or a, or a backup pick. It's, it's just, yeah. I like the, the beginning with Bucky and um, Sam, you know, doing their thing. And I love the dialogue there that Reminder kicked in, you know, about all of them being at one time Captain America. Yeah, and that was kind of cool. They, what they both brought to the table as Cap. And, it, and, they, and they were both different, but they had the same goal. So, you know, that part was cool. But the the rest of it, I was like, eh. And I think it's because I'm iffy on the whole standoff thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um Backup pick, I will go with um, Jim and the Holograms, number 13. Dark Jim Saga continues. Oh, boy. <laughs> and um, I want to say right now, Postal is one of my favorite thrillers that is out now. Brian is kicking some serious ass with this series, and the book gets creepier. And I think... Um, Kind of like how you want to read Saga Collected, you would probably enjoy this in its collected form. Okay. In trade form, but um, it was it was real, real good. Last issue was still one of my favorite ones, number 10, but number 11 is, is still great because Molly is one creepy, scary girl. Um, Wayward number 15 was just awesome. They just wrapped up with a new arc, and um, every person on this title is just great. Colorist, artist, writer, and Zach with the back matter, and it's it's just great. So, um, those would be my um my uh, backup picks. Oh, Darth Vader number eighteen. I know you hate it, but hey, yeah, I, I didn't read it because um, I, I need it, so. people to stop testing Vader. Bottom line, if if Vader says come with me on the mission, and it's just you and him, or you yeah. and your, your your friend, know that he's bringing you because he already knows he can take you. <laughs> Don't do anything stupid like test this man. And and that's what happened. And that's the cliffhanger. And I now want 19 to be out like next week so I can see Vader kick all kinds of ass. So <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sorry, but Kieran Gillen is writing one hell of a Vader. And I love it. Right. All right. Well, that wraps it up. That's that's pretty no, oh, no, stay, oh, away stay away from. Well, right. You don't have any. I don't have stay any away stay away from. Right? So, yeah. So what, what do you got? All right. Well. All right, stay away pick. Um, Street Fighter versus G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah. So, 
I know I talked about this as a stay away pick last time, and somebody back there like, well, speech. Why the hell did you leave the second issue? You want to know how, how they got me? Storm Shadow. Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes is how you get me. Okay. <laughs> You're a sucker for those guys. Um, I am, and it sucks, and I knew it was going to be bad, and it was like, um, I want this to be fun. I want this to be great. Now, something very cool happened, and spoiler alert, um, Chen Li thought she was fighting Dan, which was great, and we all know Dan is like a little throwaway, corny character from Street Fighter if you play, play the game, which is fantastic. It's great, and then Dan does some really cool shit. And they're like, Dan can't move that fast. And it ends up being Zartan, which was great. Oh, nice. Yeah. And like somebody questions the rules of the match. And somebody says, hold on. In a contest where people are using um, spike knuckle knives, barrels of oil, fireballs and everything, you're going <laughs> to qu- um, question Zartan pretending to be another fighter. So, um, you know, that part was kind of funny and it was good. Storm Shadow seems to have like his own agenda but I'm I'm just like as I read it and then I reread the first issue just to make sure I wasn't losing any brain cells that it just makes no there is no this makes no sense <laughs> right now. It just makes no sense what's going on because apparently Bison is wearing a machine that gets powered by people fighting. Hmm. So yeah. Okay. It takes. Yeah, you fight and it gets strong, and he throws it on in the second issue. And I'm like, to fight Cammy, and he. I'm like, really? You you threw that on to fight Cammy when you beaten Cammy's ass just regular bison. So I'm just like, eh. Um, another disappointment this week was Batman and Robin Eternal number twenty six. Um. Yeah. It's it just fell apart and. Tinian and Snyder couldn't keep juggling this thing together, and I just, I just totally was this the last one. Faith. Um, pray to God it is. I hope so. Pray, <laughs> pray it is. Yes, I hope so. Um, so those were my stay away from. All right. So I didn't read a lot of comics, but I, you know, I read like you know a solid amount. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well. That, that now that really wraps everything up. So we want to take a minute and thank uh, our various outlets uh, for the show: TMV Cafe, Underground Video Network, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and of course our beloved ComicAttack.net. I'm 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 stopping the whole pause.net thing. I'm I'm stopping that. Okay. Um, and you can check out everything we do at ComicAttack.net, including. Chirps, reviews, news, manga, movies, columns, um, all the great content that we have out there. Um, it's, it's all free. It's up there for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And uh, also lots of great uh, product reviews on there from SuperheroStuff.com. So go check them out as well. And uh, yeah, lots of stuff going on. So check it all out. And I hope uh, everybody has a great week. I uh, still haven't seen Deadpool. Want to do that someday? I'm not Way better see... than Batman versus. Superman. I know. I'm not going to see that. And so, uh, <laughs> have you? Uh, have you gotten your copy of Force Awakens? Yes. Uh, yes, I did. I went this morning. I, I have not watched it yet. I have not gotten mine yet, but I plan to do that soon. So, um, and it would have been appropriate to do that because today was yeah. my son's son's birthday, and he's 
all into he was all into everything and had and the be jealous because his son had a jacku cake okay, a jacku cake and and he also just so you know he also got a a, a kylo ren bicycle and what? he got the he got the kylo ren uh lightsaber plus the mask and yeah, i'm just gonna warn a, you i'm just gonna warn you okay yeah. <laughs> He's going all Kylo Renish. You may be in trouble. <laughs> well, he's already done that. He's already stabbed me like three hundred times. So, you know, that's just that's nice. just part of it. So, yeah. Anyway, all right, everybody, have a great week and stay thirsty.